Don't drop the dinosaur, Daddy. Oh, my God, that tastes so good. Hello and welcome to Bitecast, the podcast serving up the freshest and tastiest of food-related banter. Please take a seat, grab a drink, as you're in for a treat. I'm your head chef for this evening and can be found often raiding pantries or on the socials of Brendan 8-Bit. And my sous chef on this episode is none other than Matt Tilby, who can be found often shooting hoops, talking perfect games, eating pastries, or on them socials at It's Tilby. Matt, welcome to Bitecast. How the bloody hell are you? Hello, hello. I am uh, doing all right, man. That was uh, a, an assault on the senses, that uh, <laughs> new intro. I like it very much. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here talking food and everything yummy and tasty. That's it. I figure we, we talk about it ad hoc enough in between all the podcasts and just general discussion we do. So I thought, what better thing to do than maybe create a more structured, focused podcast on food and all those yummy, yummy, nummy things that we we like to talk about and consume and fantasize about. And uh, yeah, that's that's Bitecast. We're just going to be having casual chats. We're going to be talking guilty pleasures, weird food habits, favorite foods. And then in other episodes, we might be doing sort of like rapid reactions and reviews on maybe certain types of snacks. We're going to be doing some drafting and also just, uh, you know, any anything that we think is going to be fun and interesting uh, from that food spectrum. All right, Mr. Tilby, the first question or the first topic I want to throw at you for this podcast, it's a bit of a doozy. Uh, what food-related item or dish would you compare yourself to and why? This is such a unique question. I... <laughs> the uh, interviewers here at uh, 8-Bit always uh, going above and beyond the uh, the call of duty. Um, I'd like to say I'm, I'm some sort of pasta dish. Um, okay. I mean, take that as you will. Like it, it it's. It, I guess it sort of relates to the 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 question at hand. I'd like to think that you know a pasta dish is pretty dependable. It's also very versatile. You can you know take anything from any sort of different type of pasta and then put any sort of different type of sauce in it and create something new and fresh and unique. You don't always have to play by the book, you know, to to create a, a unique, you know, a really nice sort of pasta dish. So I, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. Um, yeah, some sort of pasta dish. I'm not too sure what it would be. I'd, maybe like a, a carbonara. I, I'd, I'd like okay, to think. a classic. Yeah, you yeah. can't beat a nice, simple, tried and tested carbonara. Yeah, like very, very dependable. Very just straight to the point. You know, does what it does what it needs to do. So yeah, I'd say a carbonara. And and the good thing too with pasta, it can be like a side dish on the plate, or it can be the the main star of the dish too. So you can sort of be flexible and fit whatever role is required given the situation. And I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about pasta, especially carbonara with that creamy bacon goodness. It, I feel like the quality of the carbonara, obviously the the pasta is important, but I feel like then it becomes important how much bacon you put into it that's very true there's like maybe three major parts to a carbonara the the quality of the pasta is one the creaminess of the sauce and then it's the the bacon or whatever meat you decide to put into it yeah that's like the three major ones and 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 i think i think that's that's fair that's summarized you pretty well you're a you're a a priority three you got three three key ingredients to to yourself as well you'd say yeah i'm uh that's what it says on the tin that's it 
you live by your head, you live by your heart, and you live by your groin. That's sort of the way we, <laughs> we get through life, apparently. Yes, meaty. What is your guilty pleasure? I took this a number of different ways, thinking you just wanted something guilty pleasure straight up. And I was like, okay, I could tell, talk about my love for the music of Carly Rae Jepsen, but- um, we, we, can, we can riff a little bit about Carly Rae <laughs> if you like. She's a you know very talented individual, got a couple of absolute bangers. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what she's doing these days, but a couple of songs in sort of the noughties yeah. were phenomenal. Last, last two albums- perfect pop music i think she was like the last gig i went to before you know the pandemic sort of started so that was uh, there you go yeah it was it was a a, a a treat it was fantastic but um what's um what's this what's your favorite carly ray jepson song oh. or is that sort of like you know if you've got multiple children like i love them all the same what's what's a couple then if it's too hard to narrow it down to just one uh, i mean there was a lot on the last one that was like uh now that i found you is good and then uh, run away with me is just like a classic like okay. yeah there's there's a couple that are like up there but all of them are all very you know solid pop bangers for sure mm. now she knows how to write a good tune that's for sure but yeah we, we're not talking broad spectrum guilty pleasures yeah. here we're going to try and sort of narrow that focus onto <laughs> anything that you can you can eat you can drink anything food or, or snack related so What's your guilty pleasure? What's that thing that you have little self-control about, that thing you can't say no to, that sort of little late-night treat that you like to give yourself? What is it? I've, what is it? I've probably got two. Uh, one, for, okay. one for food, one for drink. For food, it is... Uh, what could you call them? They're like the honeycomb biscuits that you'd get from like Coles or Woolworths that have like... They're hard to say like how to, how to describe it. They're like a chocolate biscuit that has honeycomb sort of inside it and have the, the squiggles like... The- oh, they're, they're just called squiggles. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, like I love them. They're so good. Yeah. They're so good. They're, they're in, they are uh, originated in uh, New Zealand, apparently, squiggles. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm. Okay. Um, but like if you give me a packet of them, like the whole thing could be gone within like 10 minutes. I could just rip through an entire packet, you know, and I'm, it's dangerous. That's the problem. What's, uh, what, what makes squiggles so great in your opinion? It's the perfect blend of chocolate and honeycomb and it's sort of like the chocolate is, is, is good, but it's like the honeycomb sort of like the extra sweetness to it that I think just adds. It's got, I guess it's the honeycomb as well. It's like a little bit of like a caramel sort of tinge to it as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the perfect sort of combination. I love all three, but like put them together. Yeah, absolutely great. And they're they're a very distinctive looking biscuit too. Like they've got that honeycomb, like real yeah. aggressive drizzle slash swirl over the top, sort of bit of rough around the edging. Yeah, they're, and- they're a bit bumpy too. Like the, yeah. they've got the little chunks inside. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of squiggles. That you don't always find them in in every like Woolies and Coles don't always sell them. I find a lot of the IGAs do in sort of the in air quotes international area because i'll have like a new zealand section and they'll be in there next to like the lnp ginger ale and stuff i've okay. found at least the igas that i've traversed so uh yeah squiggles good call yeah good call now i want a squiggle <laughs> and i guess for the the drink one um i drink far too much g fuel <laughs> okay okay honestly just just casually like isn't that meant to be like a like a thing you you drink before or after or i don't know i'm not a fit guy when do you drink this in relation to the gym i don't think you drink it in relation to the gym i think you just drink oh. it in, it's sort of like a a concentration or like that's what they describe it as because it's supposed to be like the gamer sort of like 
powder, if anything. But like, yeah, I. So that's the gamer juice. That's what I. That's what I uh, am told. But like, I think really for me was like I used to drink a lot of like energy drinks, like normal energy drinks, like your mothers, your V's, your rock stars, and just the crash that you would get afterwards is just terrible. Like just the absolute worst. Um, and this doesn't have a crash to it. Okay. Is, is it like a, do you get actually like a peak or is it just like a good taste and maybe it just gets the heart pumping a little bit and it just feels good? Like, is it like a bit of a, bit of a euphoric thing or is there actually things in there that sort of give you a bit of a pep? Like, is there some caffeine in G Fuel? There's, is there there's some- no caffeine, uh, but there you do feel like definitely like, you know, up upright, aware, you know, thinking on on your feet which is good and then just like after about like two three hours that's sort of when it wears off but you don't you definitely don't feel that come down you'd be like oh man i need to take a nap or something um you just definitely feel like okay just back to normal everything's all good but yeah i've for the last like maybe year now i've just been like getting the the tubs they have like 40 servings in a tub which is Mm -hmm. i mean for value for money like if I'd spent the same amount, you know, going to the supermarket and getting cans of Rockstar or, or whatever, like I'd be out of house and home, really. So it's like I'm I'm technically saving money. Like it's that's true. That's true. It, you, you you you're almost technically making money. Like so so forty servings in a tub. Do you just like because I know nothing about G Fuel. Mm-hmm. Do you just do you break this down? Like is it just water? Like is it sort of just a powder and water? Yeah. Chuck it in a shaker and give it a swill, yeah. or do you mix it with other things? So like I've got like my shaker here. You, yep, you can't really yep. hear it. I'm sort of <laughs> there we jangling go. it around, but you put it in a shaker. Um, it's about 400 mils of, of water. I normally just have like a, a water bottle in the fridge, keep it really nice and cold, shake it up, drink it. And yeah, like there's they, the, the, the good thing I think is that they've just got so many flavors. Um, like I love their like grape flavor. I'm a big like grape person for a lot of like mm-hmm. candies and drinks and stuff. Uh, but there's also like like a boysenberry. I've got a pineapple one. I've got a like a pink lemonade one. Like they, they change it up quite a bit. So okay. there's like a whole bunch of flavors. And I think, yeah, I, I think for, I think it's about $50 a tub. And for, okay. So that's that's like, what, a dollar five a serving then almost roughly with super quick primitive mats. Yeah, close to it. Yeah, like it's definitely like cheap in terms of if you're going- serving by serving like you know it's it's more than you'd be getting in say like a a 365 mil you know can of fanta or mountain dew or Mm -hmm. something like yeah i i think it's in the long term i probably saved a bit of money from it and tastes pretty good so i can't i can't really complain how how many how many g fuels would you have a day is it like a one a day type of thing or is it a couple no i i definitely only go like one a day like i i think um especially around this sort of time when it's like sort of with dinner at like six o'clock, have it with dinner and it's just like keeps him perked up and, and active until, you know, I need to go to bed at like midnight or something and it's, it's good. Fair call, fair call. So if you were if you were the head of product development at G Fuel HQ, uh, what would be your dream flavor? What would, What's the G Fuel flavor you'd like to see hit the shelves in the near future that would just be your like, your Mount Everest of, of, of taste? A Mountain Dew flavor. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So the, as I was sort of saying, like the previous, you know, energy drink sort of craze that I had, your V's, your rock stars. I also drank a metric 
fuck ton of Mountain Dew. Like, and that, and that's not even with like KFC meals or whatever I was eating. Just like it's just casual, just ca- casual consumption just of the dew at the store. If it, if there was Mountain Dew, just grab it. Like it's perfect. But like having that sort of nice taste in something that isn't going to completely wreck me after like two hours would be fantastic. Um, I don't know. Other than that, maybe like a you know like golden. Uh, no, was it the golden pash drinks? Like the the juices. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep, like the golden circle. Yes, that's the one. Yep. Yeah, like- yeah. I, I could get down with a bit of golden pash in most things. I just love passion fruit flavor, like Pat Pasito and mm. whatever the other sort of passion fruit flavored fizzy drinks they do. They are just so good. Yeah, they're fantastic. So good. Yeah, you've got me intrigued. I've never tried G Fuel. I I naturally just assumed it was like some pre workout creatine type of thing, but they've tailored it to the the gaming generation. But. Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious. Do you buy this? Like, can you buy this at like Woolies or Coles or is it like just online only? I know every content creator is like, use my code, get 10% off or whatever. I mean, that's that's the benefit I think for me is just like using all the codes. Um, I haven't seen anything at Woolies or Coles. It's mostly at like your, your fitness stores, like your supplement okay. sort of stuff. But I'll have to try and send you in the right direction for some uh, some tubs and see what you what you think. All right, we're gonna jump into a into a category here. You haven't been vetted like all the the, pri- the main priority questions. You've had time to think about it and come up with your responses, but this part is a little bit different, and we like to call it. I thought I would baby. never hear that tune again. <laughs> it's back. Any excuse to recycle the Brothers Osborne and shoot from the hip. So yeah, we are going to be. Well, you're going to be tackling questions here. Uh, six of them, in fact, where you haven't been vetted, you haven't had any prep time. You're just going to shoot from the hip. You're going to shoot straight from the heart. You're going to shoot true. And the first question, Mr. Tilby, how do you have your coffee? What's your go-to coffee? Well, I, normally, I would have said like a, a flat white or something. Like a, no, not flat white, a long black. But um, I actually ended up just getting a coffee machine for Christmas. My sort of sister's hand-me-down sort of Nespresso one. So just a, like a normal, I'd say just cappuccino because I got uh, some like caramel flavored Nespresso pods. So okay. like just yep, anything yep. normal cappuccino, maybe with like a little bit of a hint of flavor or something like that. But yeah, just keep it pretty simple. Okay. If you were ordering a cap from, from a, a barista, would you add ask them to add a little bit of like a, a bit of caramel flavoring or would you have a bit of sugar or would you just keep it sort of on the level if you're at a coffee shop? I keep shop? it pretty, on, pretty much on the level. Like there might be a bit of sugar or milk, but it's definitely not, you know, once again, messing with, uh, you know, a solid formula. Yeah, you're not getting. Uh, was it frozen caramel frappuccinos? Oh, Is that what they get in? in... That's it. <laughs> Just yeah, frozen caffeinated sugar in a in a cup. But anyway, all right. The next question: What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh man, I I'm a pretty once again pretty standard guy. Cookies and cream. You can't beat a classic. So, do you like it when you get that sort of the biscuit crunch, that texture in there that breaks up yeah, the cream? Absolutely, like. I, I'm happy to go, you know, if someone throws in more like cookie dough sort of stuff, like your Ben and Jerry sort of more he- heavy sort of gourmet stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, if someone just handed me cookies and cream, I'd, I'd be in that pretty quickly. Yeah, 
God, I'm, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry for ice cream. I don't have any ice cream in the freezer at the moment either, so I'm a little bit sad. But anyway, hopefully the response to this next question will put a bit more pep back in my step. What's your Vegemite toast ratio? So explain to the listeners what your dream piece of Vegemite toast is. This is such an interesting and open question, I feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'd like to say it's ma- majority, like it's definitely not hugely thick because I feel like, yep. you know, Vegemite is pretty strong as is, but it's maybe like a, a sort of a thin slice, a thin spread, I should say, of Vegemite mixed within maybe like a, a sort of little tinge of butter, I think just for added sort of taste. Um, but it's definitely not a lot. You know, I definitely don't want to overdo it, but it does mean that you've got to at least spread as much as you can of that Vegemite to the sides. I feel like you've got to get as much of it on the toast as possible because you can't leave any sort of open dry spot of the bread. That's very true. You want a nice consistent bite yeah. from from end to end. You want to be able to get get that buttery Vegemite goodness. And as far as the the colour of the toast, is it more in air quotes toast or is it more like warm bread where do you sit like let's say one through one through five five is like pretty dark three's in the middle nice golden edge to edge one is warm bread for all intents and purposes where do you where do you sit in that one through one i'd be like five? halfway between three and four like i def i definitely want okay. some sort of uh crunch and and sort of dryness to it obviously in that sort of toast fashion but i definitely don't want it being you know, a piece of bread. Because if that's the case, then, you know, I could easily have just made myself a sandwich and gone to all that effort. Um, that's very true. So it's a fair yeah, way of looking at it. I definitely, I don't, I don't want it like as black as the Ace of Spades either. So. Yeah, that's true. As much as that would uh, warm Lemmy's dead heart, it's not, <laughs> not uh, required here in the toast world. All right, the next question. Coke or Pepsi? Ooh. Gun to my head. Um pepsi pepsi any any particular reason why like is it sort of because you lean towards a an offshoot of pepsi as opposed to an offshoot of the coke flavors or you just just prefer you're more of a pepsi man in general i think the the sweeter flavor uh, in, in a pepsi just just gets to mm-hmm. me i i think that's the biggest thing like I, i'd happily drink either but i think just having a little bit of you know that sweeter sort of flavor is is big for me and I, I guess the fact that Mountain Dew is under the big PepsiCo banner as well adds a couple of brownie points. You know, you're sticking with your yeah, crew. I, mean, I, I didn't really think of that when you asked the question, but uh, now that has influenced my decision. You're like, sure, sure. All right. And, and the last question here in Shoot from the Hip, it's a two-parter. The first part will be, what's your favorite fast food chain? And we're talking national chains or international. We, we just don't want to sort of get too granular to like, mum and pop's fish and chip shop that no one can really uh, experience for themselves unless they're in the area. So yeah, what's your favorite fast food chain and what is your go-to order from said fast food I chain? Mean, I normally would have said KFC. It's pretty, once again, just stock standard, pretty boring stuff, but... They sell Pepsi there and too. Mountain Dew. Uh, <laughs> and Mountain Dew. <laughs> um, but I normally, like I, I, I do enjoy a good Subway, uh, like Footlong. Um, I'm pretty pretty okay. good with that. Like, trying to think of what my order is at the moment. Yeah, step us through from the bread all the way to the sauce and the salt and pepper. What is what is your order as you walk down past the Bain Marie's? So it is a footlong chicken classic. On mm-hmm. it used to be Italian herbs and cheese. Now it's just white bread uh, okay. with 
lettuce, tomato, onion, uh, Old English cheese, uh, salt and pepper, and barbecue sauce. Are you a uh, a fresh or a toasted Definitely guy? Definitely fresh. I, I feel like this the toasted element to it just detracts too much from the the ingredients in the sub. I want to be able. They're the, they're the main part of why I why I got the the sub in the first place. I feel like if I get a toasted sub, it just it crumbles a lot. It's very crumbly. The the sort of toasted ones there and. It just detracts too much from what I'm trying to eat. Like I'm trying to enjoy the the innards of. Uh, yeah, you you want a fresh sandwich, and you want the bread to sort of blend in with the ingredients and not sort of overpower. Like as you said, like the the toasting for me, it gets yeah too toasty, and then it's too crunchy, and it's almost like a, a sub of toast. Yeah. <laughs> like I know we're talking toast a lot here right now, but like it's it's of that crunchy texture. You lose a lot of the fluffiness of the bread, which which is one of my favorite things about it. Yeah, sandwich. it's unfortunate, but like I'm, I'll always be a, a, a fresh person. So nice, nice. Well, I like the chicken classic, but uh, I'd sub out the barbecue sauce for the combination I like, which is ranch and sweet onion oh, sauce. That is so, so uh, interesting. It sounds weird, but it works. It's tangy and it's zesty and it's just it's delicious. Give it, give it a spin one time, or at least like maybe ask for it on say, a, like six inches of your of your foot long, so it's not completely ruined if you don't yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I'd say yeah. Yeah, it's well worth an experience, listeners. So uh, there you go. All right, let's move into topic number three, and that is what are your weird food related habit or habits. I've got one in particular that I'm hoping you're going to bring up or I might just throw you under the bus and say, explain to the listeners how you like to consume your meat pies and or sausage rolls, Mr. You've Tilby. You've been trying to talk to me about this for what seems like months, ever, ever since we <laughs> talked about this on the 8-bit cast um, and you've just been absolutely mortified ever since. So for the, for the listeners, let's just say we've got uh, a sausage roll there and I, I probably don't do mm-hmm. it as much now. I used to do it a lot when I was a kid and we got sausage rolls at the, the tuck shop or whatever it was. Um, I would take the pastry off the sausage roll. <laughs> I, I'm losing it I would already. Sort of, I would sort of put uh, like a strip of tomatoes, like the little like dispenser, like tomato sauce packs. Oh, yeah, little squeezy tomatoes. And, and yeah. sort of put like a strip of it on sort of the inside like layer of the, of the pastry and sort of just fold it up and just sort of eat it as is um and then i would obviously just be left with the sausage like the 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 constituted meat part of the sausage and just another strip on that and just eat it as is um i don't know why honestly (laughs) i can't explain it um but that's that's one i guess that's one half of the bizarre nature of my uh my my meat and pastry eating habits because Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. will honestly say i do with the pies more often is and I guess this is this one I can sort of explain because it's brought on by the fact that I find eating meat pies very messy just in the normal you know yeah, hold it with be. one hand eat it goes everywhere you get a blowout out the back and then it's running down your hand hot, and it's hotter yeah. than Hades and all those issues so so I, I get where you're coming from as far as being a little strategic with your uh, meat pie I don't know whether this is strategic or it's just stupid but so take you take the the lid of the the pie off then with the spoon fork out all the meat just eat that as is just like a bowl of meat essentially (laughs) 
and then just eat eat the pastry casing. Do do you at least like circling back and connecting the dots to the sausage rolls? Do you like put some sauce on that pastry casing so you get that sauce pastry combo oh, yeah. that you love so much with the sausage roll yeah, as well? Adds a bit of adds a bit of taste and flavor to it. So I'm not just eating it, okay. you know, bare like an animal. So yeah. So so you pop that lid off. You get a fork or a spoon, and you just do you put some sauce in with the mince as well, and you just sort of just occasionally, yeah. Plain mints. No, okay. I'll, I'll add a bit of sauces or some like salt or something. Um, yeah, a bit of spice, add it up. But yeah, just eat it like it's a bowl of meat. And and you've always consumed meat pies this way, or was there like maybe a a very horrific burn in your childhood? <laughs> <laughs> because they can get hot. They that can. Mince that sneaks out the back. That meat and gravy when it hits the skin. Like I've had a few blisters on my lips from diving into pies way too soon out of the oven. Yeah, I've stuff. had a few few burnt tongues, and I don't think it was one particular moment i think it was just an accrued you know sort of <laughs> compilation of of burnt hands and burnt tongues from from hot meat pie but i think at the end of it i was just like sod this and just re- enough re- enough just whipped out the big old rip spoon it open and just go to town on it so it's it's a very uh it's a very divisive thing to eat a meat pie there's so many different ways to eat them and so many people yeah, people love lift, lifting the lid off and, and pouring a heap of sauce in there and mixing it all in and putting the lid back on and eating it like a traditional pie. People eat them with a knife and fork. People just eat the guts out. Well, person just eats <laughs> just the one. guts out of it like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just you. I'd be very curious yeah, to know if, if there is anyone out there that eats there, a meat if pie. If there is like. anyone listening who does this, please don't make me feel like I'm the only person on earth who does this. Uh, you know, it's, please send us a message at uh, We Are 8 Bit, please. Don't let me yeah. die on this hill alone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, we're a, we're a very uh, we're we're a community based podcast here. We want to, we want to share these share these horrific stories together and, and unite and and you know put our best pie eating foot forward. So yeah, at we are ape it on the socials, or if you want to reach out and sort of you know just talk on the download, and Matt, and not let the whole world know. <laughs> at it's Tilby on the socials, just and you can talk. Give to me Matt a nudge and, and sort of ask me, are you all good? You okay? Yeah. Yes, yes. You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, interesting. <laughs> yeah, like like I I love to just eat the pie very primitive in my hands, just chomp, chomp, okay. chomp. I don't even have, like, depending on the pie flavor, I don't even have really sauce on a pie or I'll just have a thin layer and just spread it because I don't like heavy sauce. But uh, yeah, I'll just I'll try and sort of juggle the pie, bite around, and go. Okay, it's getting a little bit vulnerable in the back now, so maybe I'll bite more from the right hand side to balance it out, or maybe that. I'll rotate to the I back. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just too stubborn to let it go. I've been eating pies since I could barely walk, which you know is probably not the best. Thanks, mum. But uh, <laughs> she did work in a bakery, and we lived off all kinds of baked goods and meat pies for many years. But uh, yeah, meat pies—they're just the best. And something else that's the best, the final topic slash question of this episode of Bitecast. Mr. Tilby, what is your favorite food or dish? However you want to interpret it. What is like when you think of this is my last meal or this is the best thing in the world and you open your eyes and it's in front of you on a plate, what is that food or dish? It is a Japanese dish called okonomiyaki. Ooh, okay. okay. So it okay. is... Uh, Explain that to the listeners. So, okonomiyaki, without sort of remembering what the, I guess, specific name or translation for it is, it's essentially like a, I guess you could call it like a savory pancake. Um, it's, okay. 
it's either it's got a base that's either sort of like noodle based or i think cabbage based you can sort of either mix it up and depending on where you are in japan some people like to do it in certain ways um but from that sort of base you would put in essentially whatever you wanted but more often than not it's you know your chicken your pork uh sometimes some seafood goes in there as well some like simple veggies like corn or like um even some carrots and things like that but more often than not it, it's sort of like a large very large like savory pancake is probably the easiest way to yeah it's like a plate size like we've we've shared one of these together haven't we we, we had some yes we have some japanese once and we did but i think we ordered the chicken and got the seafood oh yes and <laughs> it broke my heart a little bit because it was that was my first time tackling this dish so i don't think i got all the awesomeness that i was expecting because i had my heart set on on chicken and then i got i don't know what it was mm. salmon roe and whatever else <laughs> in this thing it was it was a journey but uh it was a textural bit of magic that's for yeah sure. and i think like the key thing for okonomiyaki is you've sort of got to get both sides of it in the same way that you would like a pancake you don't want it to be like completely cooked on one side and sort of raw on the other you've got to have it sort of like a, a nice even texture on it because um, then it sort of cooks the, I guess, the innards of it as well. But then once you're ready to serve it, it's the the combination of the barbecue sauce. It's a like a special barbecue sauce you've got to put on the top. And then on the other way, you sort of like cross-stitch it almost with Kewpie doll mayonnaise, which is sort of like the very special Asian mayonnaise. You can get it in like most Asian stores. Best mayonnaise. Put it on everything. Like disregard your P-R-A-I-S-E mayonnaise and paul newman's and all that buy the kewpie and just put it on everything Absolutely. i put it on all my sandwiches and it is yeah, so it's good. great and then the the pièce de résistance is the fish flakes that goes on the top and so okay. when you put it on the top and because it's quite hot you've obviously just taken it off the off the pan um the heat rising from the the okonomiyaki makes the fish flakes move and it looks like it's alive <gasps> that's kind of cool yeah do we get those theatrics? Did I just was I not paying attention, or we just were at a bit of a lower end server of this dish? I think maybe? we were at a, a lower end server of this dish yeah, because, dude. like, mm. I, I don't think I've ever explained it, but like, I have uh, an uncle who actually does live in Japan, and this was sort of my gateway to that sort of stuff. Like, we 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 went okay. over there when I was in would have been sixth grade, so this was like one of my first overseas trips, and I was like, I don't know what to expect, and we we were in yokohama and we got like the real true authentic okonomiyaki experience and i was like damn this is this is really good so that was sort of like my you know the way forward for me it was just like and i've loved it ever since so and when you know in the years after that like my dad was big on those sort of asian foods as well and we had a an asian like grocery store in aspley which is really close to us and we just had okonomiyaki maybe once every sort of like two or three months as like a real special dish really okay. and yeah it was fantastic got a bit of a touchstone to this uh to this dish yeah it's uh some nice fond memories but uh i i will have to seek it out again because i've only had that one crack and i probably should have waited to go on to a more specialized 
place that that does this dish a lot better. So I'll, next time I'm at a, a nice Japanese establishment, I'll uh, I'll order me a round of this. What what's as far as that that type of protein in it? What's your go to? Is is it chicken or is it seafood, pork? What what would you recommend for a for a first timer? The, the the real staple of the go to is probably like a chicken or a pork. Um, okay. I don't mind a bit of the the seafood, like a bit of prawn or, or fish in it occasionally. But yeah, if you're really looking for like a starter, chicken or pork is the way to go, and then um a couple of veggies here and there but more often than not it's basically just like meat just in the actual dish itself so okay i'm excited i'm going to report back on this one that brings us to the end of another episode of Bitecast. mr tilby thank you for stopping on by and uh riffing food and uh you know making probably myself and all the listeners very hungry uh, I'm drooling a little bit at the moment. I'm uh, looking forward to going to just dip my head into the fridge and see what's there and just uh, go to town. I think I've got some cold pizza from last Ooh. night. So maybe I'm going to have some leftover pepperoni pizza for late dinner. Because holy shit, it is quarter to 10 here in Melbourne. But uh, yeah, follow us all as a collective at We're 8-Bit. Follow myself at Brendan 8-Bit and follow Matt at It's Tilby. Mate, thanks for stopping on by. Anything else you wanted to say before we shut this sucker down? Uh, go and check out One Perfect Game as well. We just did uh, an episode at the turn of the year with uh, newly signed Impact Wrestling star Speedball Mike Bailey, uh, who just debuted for Impact over the weekend. Um, he's having his second match this week, and I can't wait. Like He's been absolutely fantastic, and uh, it's a really insightful uh, commentary on, on the game he loves and holds dear. But uh, yeah, go check it out at OPG Pod. Hell yeah, do that. But uh, listeners, for now, the kitchen is closed. Pay your bills, get on out of here, and until next time... Stay hungry. Yes. Yes. Yes.